0: Today's August 24th, 2019. We're here with Mike Gugino from the Steep Canyon Rangers. Welcome to Arkansas.
1: Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: So you guys are based out of North Carolina. Have you lived there most of your life? Is that where you're from?
1: Yep. Yeah, grew up there. I've lived there my whole life. Uh, Grew up with a couple of guys in the band and a couple of the other guys went to college together in North Carolina at the University of Chapel Hill.
0: Oh, okay. You were in Chapel Hill for a while? Yep. And then migrated over to Asheville.
1: That's right. We uh, Woody and and Mike and myself grew up in Brevard, which is just out of outside of Asheville. And now three of the guys live in Asheville, and the other three of us live in Brevard.
0: Tell me how those towns have changed over the past twenty <laughs> years. It's it's been an explosion, hasn't it, it? It has
1: been significant. It really has. Asheville, especially, has changed a lot in the last twenty years. I I went to to college actually in Asheville at UNC Asheville. Um, most of the guys went to UNC Chapel Hill. But I, I went to school in Asheville and it 20 years ago, and it was so different then. Um, now It's there's so many new buildings and restaurants. I mean, it's changed in, in a lot of good ways, too, and, and some bad ways. I mean, there's more people. It's a little bit more crowded. Um, but it's still a great city. The food is amazing. The music and the art scene is amazing, and it's just really hip. You know, place to be, and Brevard is just a a small town where I live now. It's just a small town, about thirty miles away in the mountains as well, and it's grown too, but not as significantly as Asheville. And kind of the growth that it's had has been all positive because it was such a small town to begin with. Now we have more than one bar and one more than one music venue and one more than one good restaurant in town. So back when the band started, is it fair to say those were a little more sort of sleepy
0: kind of college towns back then?
1: For sure, I mean Asheville's not really a college town, like Chapel Hill is definitely a college town. Asheville was never a college town, but it was a lot sleepier i mean it it was it was vibrant though I mean there was always great music and lots of bands, and now there's so many more it's it's almost it's almost crazy The
0: music scene there i think at least these days in in the past twenty years um it's uh, I know the Squirrel Nut Zippers came out of Chapel Hill, and that yeah. I don't want to say that put that area on the map necessarily, because there was a lot of obviously all the great old time music and everything. Sure, from you know in the twenties and thirties and even prior to that.
1: No, you're right. When I was in when I was uh, in college, um, the Squirrel Nut Zippers were one of the biggest bands in North Carolina for sure, and they were one of the bands that we we all went to go see, and um, yeah, they were great. And
0: <clears throat> that I don't want to say necessarily. That on the map, but that helped. I think probably uh, make that a little bit more of a legitimate music town. You've already got a lot of college kids coming in there. When they know a band like that comes from there, it can be a bit of a draw. Has that all that sort of worked together to to make it what it is today?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All the bands that come before kind of pave the way for the for the younger bands, and you know, and I'd like to think that we've paved the way for some younger bands too. Um, in Chapel Hill and in Asheville, because we've been in both both places, and both of them have such vibrant so music scenes. Who's
0: coming out of there these days that you made note of?
1: Well, another band that's out of Chapel Hill that that was getting started back when we were, shortly after, was Mandolin Orange, and they're good friends of ours, and and they've just exploded in the last few years and are doing great and have had great success, and um, that that's a that's a perfect example.
0: What about the tradition of old-time fiddle and and banjo and, you know, everything that was sort of, uh, you know, what folks would commonly know as uh, old-time? Is there still a lot of reverence for that there? Are there still those
1: musicians there? Tell me about that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, there's kinds i don't say there's two camps because I'm sure it's not that— you know, cut and dry, but there's definitely this traditional old time scene. There's a traditional bluegrass scene, but there's also a very progressive scene, too, of of a blend of all those things, you know, and I think that's kind of more what we fit these days for sure. Um, but, you know, we used to be a part of the local jam scenes. I mean, uh, Jack of the Wood, which is a little pub downtown, still has a old-time jam night and a bluegrass jam night. And Isis Music Hall in West Asheville has a, a bluegrass night every Tuesday, I think. And um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely um, those scenes there where people really are looking for the, the real traditional thing. And then there's a lot of people that are into kind of all of it m- mixing together. Yeah, before we move on from that, uh, I'll just say, uh, speaking of the Squirrel Nut Zippers,
0: i toured and recorded for a number of years with Jimbo. Mm, uh, awesome. When he moved, when that band broke up, he moved to Mississippi and got a little blues trio together. And it was just funny. <clears throat> I just got a call randomly. I had no idea who he was. I didn't know who the Squirrel Nut Zippers were and right. just got a phone call one day as I came like, hey, looking for a drummer. Can you do this? Whatever. And, uh, you know, ended up playing with him for a while, but. Uh, it wasn't till like a year or two into it, I even bothered to look back and figured, figured out what out. it was. <laughs> yeah, what he had been doing all those years before. That's so funny. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we were talking about the genres and the styles. Uh, you probably, when you first started out, leaned a little bit more traditional bluegrass. Would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We all sort of came into it from very non-traditional musical backgrounds and listening to non-traditional bluegrass even. And then the more we got into the music um, and listening to it, we we kind of gravitated toward the traditional stuff and really focused in on learning the the traditional style. Bill Monroe and Flatt & Scruggs and Stanley Brothers and did that for years. And that's what our band sounded like for years. We'd, we'd wear suits and play around one or two microphones and do the very traditional thing. And, you know, now we're plugged in and using pickups and uh, have a full drum kit and, you know, light show. and it's, Was that it's a natural, natural transition? It was a natural transition. You know, we never talked about it like, oh, this is what we're going to do. You know, it's like, you know, we, at the time we were listening to a lot of traditional bluegrass back in college and after college. And so we were writing, we always wrote original music and recorded original music. And, but we, our, our, the writing back then was very traditional sounding, you know, songs and... As it just progressed, we just got a little bit more and more progressive as it as it went on, and now our songwriting is kind of runs the gambit. Did you get pushback from fans or other
0: folks? You know, when you start plugging in, you get a drum set on stage, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's, why are y'all doing that?"
1: Absolutely. I mean, so <laughs> right? we we've we've probably gained more fans though, in, in doing that, but we certainly lost some some folks that are just you know really into the traditional sound, and I understand, you know. If, I I I might feel the same way too, and and we don't take it personally, and and uh, I think even some of those people we've we've spoken to them, and they're like, look, you know, I, I love you guys as people, and I'm so happy for your success, but I just it's not my thing, you yeah. know, and I'm like, hey, I get it, you know.
0: Well, and if if I were in your shoes, I would say, well, you know, just hold on, because probably in about five years. Would we'll be back to doing it again. I know, that it's, way, right? It's,
1: we, we've joked about doing a, a traditional bluegrass record again. How yeah. funny that would be now to go back to a one mic thing. And, <laughs> you know, actually in our show, we've started doing that in our live show, and you'll see that tonight. Um, we we break down to a one mic moment in the show and do two or three songs around one mic just to kind of pay reverence to the traditional. That's style. funny. The yeah. one mic moment. The one mic moment. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Not the one. Me, you know. Uh, and you
0: uh, you mentioned something I had a note here uh, to ask you about, but as you you said, uh, when the band expanded instrumentally, um, you gained some new fans. And I'm you know, just sort of looking on the scene of what's out there. A lot of the quote-unquote you know, bluegrass festivals, the popular ones like Telluride, for example, that's one I know mm-hmm. just because I used to go out there for the Blues Festival all the yeah. time, right? Um, <clears throat> but you've got probably a fan base now that's skewing younger, that travels and will go see three or four shows kind of like folks used to do with the dead, back in the day i mean I, do you have some of those
1: we do have some of those people but i tell you uh, our crowd still uh, you know even though we've changed and 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 done all these things that may be considered more progressive we we've still kept a lot of the older fans which is amazing and so our shows are kind of a mix between that and you know the really? young and old yeah it's cool and i think that's a testament to the to the music itself and not just us and I, I think bluegrass has always been that way and americana or whatever you want to call it um it's always appealed to young and old, and that's it's really cool. And we just played Telluride Festival, and and that's a big that crowd is very mixed. I mean, there's a lot of young people there dancing and having fun and partying, but there's a lot of older people there that are hmm. that are dancing and partying and having fun too. And and or some people are sitting there and just listening, and it's really neat. Yeah, Telluride,
0: what a great place too for a fest. The
1: scene, uh, the view from on the stage, it's amazing. Is the nicest view on stage of any venue anywhere, and I wish. That fans could get to experience that, but you can't unless you got up on the stage. <laughs> Turn around the other way. But it's pretty amazing. It is, yeah. It's fun to go out there. Um, let's see. I had
0: a follow up on. Oh, oh, yeah. So we have um, uh, bluegrass. We have two sort of bluegrass festivals here each year. One in in the spring, and one in the fall. And our local bluegrass aficionados put it on. They kind of rent the venue and bring in the groups, and it's real traditional. So they have a Thursday night gospel night, then Friday and Saturday, and they've got the Doyle Lawsons and the third time outs. And I really wasn't familiar with a lot of those groups before I started working here. Now I am. Uh, But uh, I can tell over the past few years, that audience is aging out.
1: It is. It is. And it's, it's, on the one hand, it's sad, you know. Um, On the other, it makes perfect sense, you know, that just, they can't live forever. And, but we're seeing it, you know, we, we played a lot of the traditional bluegrass festivals, um, you know, ten years ago. We were still doing stuff like that and we've seen a lot of those festivals go away. You know, or the ones that are still left. A lot of them are, are are poorly attended now because a lot of the like you said, the audience was older to begin with and they're just aging out and um but you know, I will say that the the there's probably a bigger core of younger pickers and singers than there ever has been. You know, I think it's more popular than it's ever been because of the Internet and social media and stuff like that. So, you know, I think I think the music will certainly is in good hands. You know, there's there's so many great kids playing bluegrass. They're just amazing. Yeah, I wish you had some time to stick around
0: here and see some of the young pickers we got here. There's a without going off on too much of a tangent. We've got a little program called Music Roots. So the kids in the public school can take as part of the curriculum traditional string instruments that's and that's we've that's we there have been a, uh, just a a number of great musicians but really some standout ones that have come out of that program that are probably going to go on to be known performers that's, that's and great so it's great to see it and the community really supports it and those festivals we have here in the spring and fall support that uh the money goes back into the program and so it's a really good thing um, all right. I, I don't want to ask too many questions about this cause I'm sure it's ad nauseum, but I want to ask you from all those shows and everything you've done with Steve Martin. And I saw you're doing something with him and Martin short too. Yeah. Uh, what do you learn from somebody like him, uh, as a performer, as a professional entertainer
1: yeah that's a really good question and we've learned a lot from steve because we've worked with steve mostly but also martin short now and both of those guys are professional they take it very seriously and they are constantly perfecting their craft and and steve is really working with him you know we did a banjo show with him for years now what we're doing with with him and martin short is a comedy show so we're not there's not as much music in that show but we still do perform in it um but just learning how to craft a show, how to craft a set, how to make it interesting for the audience. It's not you can't just go up there and be good. You have to go up there and make it interesting somehow. And it's got to have peaks and valleys and it's, it's got to grow and, um, and get small and get big. And, um, and Steve has... We've learned a lot of that from from working with Steve. for yeah, sure. I was going to say, no pun intended. Let's get small. Let's get small. Sometimes <laughs> you got to get like the one mic thing, you know, because we have such a big sound yeah. now with the drum kit and the pickups, and you know, and it's. And if you just heard that the entire set, I think, as a listener, you would just get tired of it. Your ears can only take so much, and it's so nice we, we go down to a one mic thing and do like an acapella singing thing or something like that. It's it's just really nice. Yeah, that's got to be fun. I saw probably it's probably
0: similar to the show i guess that you'll be doing with those two but it was them. it was like a two-man show uh and it was martin short uh and then steve came out and played some banjo solo and stuff like that but martin short is a hard act to follow
1: yeah he is he is he is a one man he's stick of dynamite full of energy yeah he's like that on stage and off stage that's that's who he is you know and he is just one of the sweetest greatest human beings in the world too. Yeah.
0: Well, wow. that's that's just, just got to be a ton of fun I mean. It is. Yeah, who would have thought, you know, okay, you know, you guys have all, you know, initial success as a, as a band and get things going and then you know this falls into your lap and the, all the experiences you get to have with that i mean that's just it's a it's a one in a million shot
1: it it is it's not one of those things you can you can count on when you're starting a band in your dorm room in college you know <laughs> you don't think you're ever going to be doing that um so you've
0: had uh some guys have been replaced uh left the band over the years of course that always happens mm-hmm. Um, and without getting into any specifics, one thing I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize uh, is when a band either breaks up or a member leaves or you have a change, it's just as intense and personal as a marriage or a relationship, isn't it?
1: It, it is. Absolutely. It absolutely is. Um, you know, it's cool. Our our band has, has been a group of friends from the beginning and... Um, you know, we have we had a, a, fiddle, a different fiddle player, a gal, actually, that we went to college with that that played fiddle with us when we started the band, but just for a few years. And then Nikki joined the band, who's with us now, and he's been in the band like 16, 15 or 16 years now. So it feels like he's been there the whole time. Um, Mike joined the band, our drummer, later when we added drums. Much later in our career, but I Mike is my best friend growing up, oh, and we, wow. we played in a rock and roll band together in high school, and played in the band program at school in middle school and high school, and and he grew up with Woody and I, and then Barrett, who joined the band a year and a half ago on the bass, um, went to college in Chapel Hill with Graham and Woody, and we've all known him, and he actually played in a band with Woody's wife for years, and mm. he's just always been around. Barrett and I do gigs together on the side, guitar and mandolin. And uh, so it it wasn't like we added a a stranger in any of these cases. It was it's it's been somebody that was we knew and had a connection to. So it's always felt like a family for sure. But it is always tough to to change a a member. You know, it it, it is tough. It's difficult.
0: It is. And while we're on that subject, uh, maybe just for folks who are hearing you guys for the first time, just give me a quick rundown. Uh, who's in the band what do they play and maybe a word or two about them
1: sure Nicky Sanders is on fiddle is just a like Martin Short just the ball of energy on stage and you'll see that when you come to a show you you, you know he's just dancing around like a maniac it's great and uh, Graham Sharp plays the banjo and writes most of the songs so almost all the songs you hear on the show now are songs that Graham has written um, Woody Platt is the guitar player and lead singer um, great singer great strong rhythm guitar player um and he and i grew up together like i said you know known him since kindergarten so lifelong friend um mike ashworth friend friend from high school that i played with is the drummer and also he plays all plays dobro plays banjo plays guitar plays mandolin I mean, he plays all the instruments plays bass literally can play every instrument on stage and not just a little like really well um, and, and he's been playing dobro in the in the show, and he'll probably play some of that tonight. And then uh, Barrett Smith, as I said, is the newest member on, on bass, upright bass. He also plays guitar on the show, too, and is a fantastic singer. And then um, I play the mandolin and sing and write a few songs. There you go. Well, look, Mike,
0: we're glad to have you guys here. Thanks for making the trip to Arkansas and continued success in everything.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. We're, we're glad to be here. You bet.